Larry News Spot. My guest tonight. Oh, shit. He is the former host of the Locked On Knicks podcast, James Masita. <laughs> oh, my God. What an intro. And, of course, I'm your host, Larry Uh, James, great to have you on the program. Thank you for having me. I am excited. Yeah, it is. It is uh, 10.03 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday, August 11th, which means we are nine days away from the NBA lottery, where the Knicks have the six best odds of getting the number one overall pick. And could fall anywhere between 1 and 10, with the exception of 5, and lots of scenarios in between. So let's go through them. By the, first of all, where, uh, where are you calling from? I am in my apartment in Berkeley, California. Oh, nice. Uh, home of the liberals. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. And uh future vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Uh you must have heard it first because everybody in Berkeley was probably talking. Yeah, she drove through town and like, <laughs> honking the horn. The trucks with the yeah, the huge horns on them. Yep. Nice. Uh great. Um and, and are you uh are you still working for 2K? I am. What Love do you, it. what do you do there? I am a writer for them, so Anything that involves words, I mm-hmm. do for them. Whether that's like write scripts for some of the cutscenes, only the good ones that you guys like, not the cringy ones. Okay. So, and uh, <laughs> so, like there's tweets in the game, and there's menus and like right. crowd shouts things, and I write scripts. It's like anything with like words. Yeah. I can't be involved in. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So, okay, let's go to lottery. August 20th, so first scenario, best scenario, Knicks win it, just like the Rangers did yesterday. Um, Not much to decide. I think it's pretty obvious that at that point, the Knicks would take LaMelo Ball, right? That seems to be, uh, that's what's out there anyway. Yeah. That would be my understanding, yeah. And is that what you would do if you were running the Knicks? I don't know. This year, like, I mean, I guess like everyone said, this isn't exactly breaking insight, but, you know... The thing with LaMelo is the shot. That's the thing that scares me. Yeah. You know, I mean, they need someone who can shoot. They've needed someone who can shoot or many people who can shoot. So like, even when they were good in the nineties, they needed more shooters. It's been like a constant, and especially with someone like, you know, everyone, like their two pieces are RJ and Mitch that everyone seems to agree on are like solid to keep around. And neither one of them is known for their shooting right now. RJ looks particularly scary in that regard because he's like a shooting guard or at least that's what he played yeah. last year so with Lamelo, i don't know i mean the, the knicks definitely need a point guard too so i don't know you know like i, I haven't watched i haven't watched nearly as much as so many other people have on these guys but like someone like anthony edwards i could see being the best guy in the yeah. draft like i wouldn't be mad if they picked him first like when he's 
awesome. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I can see how this guy would be a superstar. Right, right. And he's got more of the the things you... The, the skill, like the raw skills, whereas like it, where maybe he lacks a little bit of like offensive awareness and like a feel for the game. And I guess the thought is you can't teach the skill, but you could teach those other things or those other things come along with time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, LaMelo. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. what do you think? Who do you want? Are you I, are you all in on LaMelo? No, I'm not all in. I I because I, I don't watch enough draft film to really like know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> yeah. So we should do great on this episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's most podcasts. Um, so I, I think I, I think I would take LaMelo though, just cause can't be angry at it. Like yeah. him, Killian Hayes, uh, Anthony Edwards. Those are the three guys that right now with my ignorant, uh, understanding yeah. of the draft, I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, uh, I get it with all of them. Yeah, me too. I think, and I think those would be my top three um, as well. Probably I'd go LaMelo, Killian, Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it gets interesting after that as to like, because that's where it gets a little hazy. But I I do wonder, do you think there are, because for a little bit, it's now starting to seem like LaMelo is almost like a, a consensus top overall pick on most people's big board. But I mean, I got to imagine, say, uh, well, Cleveland says they're not taking another guard, for example. And right. uh, <laughs> Atlanta, would they take another point guard? I mean, since they have Trey Young, I mean, I guess there's possible ways they could play together, but I don't know. I mean, LaMelo might be good with Trey Young. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's so big and uh, like Trey Young can play off ball. I'm assuming I haven't looked at his spot yeah. up numbers, but <laughs> can he? Is that I don't thing? know if he's ever done it, but <laughs> but maybe he yeah. can. I'm declaring it now. Trey Young can play off. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an he, off ball. He's he, more of a shooter than Lomelo is at this point, right? So oh yeah, but yeah. you can see that like potential fit, and he's small, so Lomelo could like pick whatever is like the bigger guard and take him on, or the more challenging assignment assuming mellow looks how to play defense yeah i mean i hope so i he's got the size so you hope it's gonna have like an interesting comp is probably like ben simmons as far as like a really big point guard with a great handle who can't shoot um it's just like hopefully the defense comes along and then i mean lamello's like his his passing his vision is so incredible that he's definitely going to make a team better but you i guess like for me it's the worry of does he just turn into like a Rubio type? Someone mm. who is an incredible passer, sort of captured team ceiling as a point guard. Cause the shooting really does hurt, even though he's gotten a little bit better. Um, I don't know if the Knicks are in a position to like say no to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> just because they have such a deficit of talent right now. But if you're drafting no- number one overall, I get wanting to like swing for the fences on who you think has the most upside. You know? Yeah. That I think so too. Frequently is the way front offices think and, you know, with good reason. So, yeah. Yep. All right, so that's the first. So let's go, let's say they get fourth overall or like say sixth or seventh. And those three we talked about are off the board. Do you have someone you like at that point or? No. No. (laughs) That's kind of this draft, right? I mean, you know, I'm going to slack with, like, posting and toasting guys. A lot of them, like, Vassal. Um, I haven't oh, watched enough to be 
like I almost like just as a troll want to root against him because all those guys like him so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he seems limited on offense from what I've heard about him. But yeah, the real answer is no. Do yeah. you know someone that you're like into at that range? I mean, I guess, you know, I'm starting to like warm up to like Okungwu and Okoro. Yeah. Um, they both seem interesting. I know, I know, I mean, Okungwu, Okungwu is, it's kind of weird with Mitch along with him. Um, but I don't know. So I don't want Cole Anthony. I still okay. hate Greg Anthony. And <laughs> yeah. As a basketball player, not a person. I don't know the guy, but yeah. as a Nick fan, he was one of those guys who like couldn't fucking shoot. Yeah. Was okay. Defense. And like, a he sort of was one of the many people who signified the uh, franchise's inability to get Patrick like a second decent guy or good guard play while he was there in general. Yeah. So, you know, just <laughs> as an ignoramus, I don't like Cole Anthony. Although what I've heard about him, I, I'm not in love with either. But those, combine those two things. Yeah, he's an interesting one. Like, I, for some reason, I assumed he was just a really small point guard. Maybe because uh-huh. Greg Anthony seemed that way as yeah. well. But, but I mean, apparently he's like one of the best shooting point guards out there, right? Yeah. Which yeah. we do need. I guess, what's the knock on him? That he's just, like, not a great distributor? He's sort of a chucker? Yeah, or this is just sometimes he disappears, like, doesn't do anything. Um, or I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Kevin Knox disease. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kevin Knox... I, I do, I mean, like, to be extremely generic, the way that, like, Dolan noticed that teams are hiring agents now. So he's like, oh, that could be a good idea. Pros, kids... I think tend to be like a pretty good bet to like be a little bit fair because they do grow up in the environment and they know how much work it takes and all that shit. And they're used to like being around a million trainers and the the life and all that. So that's, you know, I don't put too much stock in that, but I think there's something to it if you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're like taught from a young age, a lot of like fundamentals to work on and stuff. So who are some, uh, I'm trying to think who are some pros kids right now. Like Steph Curry, obviously. Uh, yes. Kevin Knox, if you're doing cross sports. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good put me on the spot. Because there's definitely a bunch of them. Gary Trent's dad played in the NBA, right? For like... Yeah, I think so. Nine years. <laughs> <laughs> you should change this pod to like the experts. The experts. Yeah, yeah. This is, this their is, expertise. It's like uh, sports reporters. Well, mm-hmm. uh, so I get to have a what, what do they do on oh, sports reporters is the one where they pretended that they were that it was like an elite conversation among yeah, yeah. intelligentsia right yeah right right it was kind of like I guess it's a bad comp but like around the horn before that without a host it was like meet the press but first yeah there it is there it is there, yeah meet the, hi- meet the press is like the highbrow show that my uncle watches Right, which nonetheless is full of bullshit, but is like, you know, right. respectable people right, right. not Tom- raising their voices too high. Well, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> and try to get someone from each side of the aisle type of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the one thing I have thought about a little bit is um, if the team is really high on LaMelo, and we let's say like it goes kind of, uh, according to the odds, as far as the lottery goes, and Golden State gets number one, and the Knicks get, say, seven or eight. Um, the thought of trading Mitch for the number one pick, 
Now, when you hear that, does that sound like, do you want to throw up in your mouth a little bit? Or are you like, okay, that's maybe interesting? Uh, it's not immediate mouth throw up. Okay. I would say. Yeah. Like, I like Mitch a lot, but like, okay, for instance, um, what's the, this kid's name? Wiseman. Right. I, I haven't watched him enough. I know a lot of people don't like him. He's fallen down a little bit. But let's say he is like a decent rim protect, protector who's also like a great offensive player, not just like rim running, can like hits, knock down some mid-range shots, whatever, extend the, uh, his defender out a little bit. Like it could be worth trading a Mitch for I don't know what, you know what I mean, to like balance the roster. Uh, I love Mitch, um, but so far he hasn't – he clearly needs like a lot around him to be on a good team. I mean, it's also only been his second year and he didn't play college, but like, he's not like so proven. I'm not pumped to get rid of him. I don't want to, I really like watching him play, but like I'm open to the idea of trading him, anyone on the team, really. It would hurt me more for Frank, honestly, which is insane because he's not nearly as good as Mitch, but just because I feel like he's been so uh, mistreated on the next. Yeah. 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 Well, well, emotionally that would hurt more, but yeah, me too. Uh, and like, admit for Mitch, certain Mitch, I think for this coming year, his whether or not it, we'll we'll find out maybe this year if like he really does have a shot that he keeps showing off in like Instagram videos and stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, if he is able to actually hit threes, even at like a thirty percent clip, then he becomes a much more interesting player. Um, if not, then he's just a rim runner, and then. I think next year he's still on an amazingly cheap salary where he's worth it no matter what team he's on. Right. The salary uh, that made him fire like four of his agents. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Um, but And I think he's on that salary next year as well. And then he becomes a restricted free agent. So yeah. if he can't hit threes, I think it makes sense to trade him next, like, this coming trade deadline or off season before he gets a big pay rise and he's not worth it. We'll see what kind of money he gets, but that's where I would kind of think about drafting a center and maybe trading Mitch for something good. I mean, people were talking about like the Knicks selling low or whatever. It's one of the many complaints about like asset mismanagement, but like, you know, Mitch, like Mitch's value is super high right now. So like, like I'll say this, I want to keep Mitch and I hope that he develops into the best version of himself after seeing like what happened with KP and like Phil wanting to trade him earlier and how much they would have got for that. Uh, yeah. When you look at that now, like, uh, you know, I, I, it just helps for me put things in perspective in terms of like, I, unless you have someone who's like LeBron or Kawhi or something, like it should always be on the table. Yeah. Like a, a trade because you never know. And like roster balance is so important and fit and having the right guys together and all that. So yeah. yeah, I don't want to see him go, but I'd, I'd be okay if it made sense. Yeah, for the first pick in this draft, to me, that's like <laughs> it's so unproven that I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. Right, that's I think my initial reaction. It's interesting. Yeah, you have to be, you have to know you want Lamelo, like, or you have to be really sold on Lamelo Ball to do that trade. Yeah, it could, it could be the right move. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like it though. Um, <laughs> it, it would depend who they got. Like, or, or have there been trades floated out there of Mitch for? Well, I was thinking about this because when I read that um, the Warriors were going to be over the tax line and 
with their repeater tax were going to really owe a lot to the point where they were like do, doing some financial deal with, I think, like Goldman Sachs or something where they were going to like start selling like warrior bonds. I don't know. They're going to get their Dinwiddie on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that, that made me think, well, they would, I mean, the number one pick has like a rookie scale salary of something like $8 million. And to trade that for Mitch at $1 million, I could imagine them doing that. And then it just made me start thinking about that. So I got to think that no matter, like, if you're just talking one-to-one, I want to say LaMelo would almost certainly have a higher impact on a team than Mitch by himself. Yeah. As, as, yeah. as current stands. I don't know. He's one of those guys who just, like, when you watch a, a team that's that's run by someone who, like, not only is okay with passing the ball, but has like sort of a flair for it. It definitely becomes contagious. And I think that LaMelo is one of those guys who would like make everyone want to make that extra pass. Yeah. Like, feed the right guys. I, you know, I'd be excited to watch him play. Yeah. I do like Mitch. You're making me realize how much I like Mitch. I'm like, <laughs> he is so insanely tapped. Like he is the best like rim defender. I feel like in the league, at least potentially with his, incredible athleticism, just like the blocking three, his ability to cover all that ground and defend space and all that shit is, is so unbelievable. Yeah. I think so, his only defensive flaw is just like the fouls and he gets into foul right, trouble, which he's going to get better at. And he's such an incredible finisher. Uh, yeah. That shot. I don't know. You know, tough. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> I, yeah. But I uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. The idea that Frank trading Frank would be more heartbreaking. It would and, hurt. It just feels like a more of a wasted, we wasted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he got dicked around so much by Hornacek and Fisdale. And like, I, I don't know. It, I've always like, I've like tried to stop and think, why do I love him so much? <laughs> and I think it's that, it's that like he, it's like just clear if you watch the games rather than just looking at the box scores that like there's something there. And yeah. The Knicks haven't, I mean, they haven't had a shooter in forever in the backcourt, but they also haven't had anyone play defense. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, like there was the whole fart dog thing on posting and toasting for years, whatever that stands for about the, the guards who just escort people to the rim. And it's just, it's been a running joke. And so you see him go out there and actually shut down. Like he's the kind of person, the league is so heavy on these guards who are now offensive engines uh, too, like mm-hmm. Dane Lillard's and Steph Curry's, um, that having someone like Frank could really be, a unique uh, antidote to that. And the fact that he was a fucking lottery pick. So can we? I'm oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can curse? Okay. Yeah, uh, you, you can. <laughs> I'm not allowed, though. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a, a lottery pick who didn't play. Like, how the hell, you know, how often does that happen? So it just, it was obviously, more it, that it seemed like such but a it was infuriating. He did things that could be uniquely helpful in this league. He brought something in the Knicks that they haven't seen in a long time at his position. And then he wasn't given a chance to develop in a way that's like really outlierish for the league. I can't think of another prospect who like was so quickly. I know a lot of like first rounders don't make it to their second contracts and stuff, but I, especially because the Knicks were hurting so bad and they brought in all these bums to play over him. Yeah, uh, I think that adds to it. It's like all the time they weren't letting him develop. It's all for Trey Burke and Moody, yeah. Emmanuel Moutier and Alfred Payton. I will be yes. so pissed if Alfred Payton is back. <laughs> that would be infuriating. Yeah. And uh, I worry about it because <laughs> his deal, you know, it's $8 million. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with the cap, but it, but that doesn't seem like a terrible number for someone 
for one year of Alfred Payton and he does put up numbers and like if if we don't end up drafting a point guard at, or signing one in free agency I could see them wanting to bring Payton back but that would just just the, are you the, more worried about him or DSJ coming back I can't really <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of terrified that they're gonna Oof. be like we need to both because he still has a little bit of that new prospect thing, although it's pretty much all gone. Yeah. Because the KP trade of it all, obviously, although that's an old regime. Right. That scares me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I would be more scared for Peyton because Peyton is definitely going to get playing time. Um, and just it's like DSJ, at least there's like maybe he'll turn into something good. Um, you know, I, I'd like both of them not to be there, but yeah. like. Frank, like, there's still potential. Alfred Payton, he's he's okay. He's still an NBA player, but there's no there's no hope for anything more than what he already is. And it's like, what's yeah, the point? He's of- really he's like a good backup, yeah. and that should be the spot that Frank's in right now. You know, like yeah. he should be the first card off the bench kind of guy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that would, that would be crushing. Um. So hopefully not. It seems like we're in good hands with Leon. It seems it, it does seem like we have a competent front office now. Yeah, I, I love all the shit they've been doing. I, I, I like Thib as a coach. I would have been okay with Atkinson. I'm not a big Atkinson guy. He wasn't the one I wanted, but you know, it would have been fine. Yeah. Well, well your Twitter well, your Twitter name is Kenny Atkinson is a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> is, is a drunk. Very important. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I, I just... Um, I like to have fun online. You know yeah, I mean? you like to you like to razz a bit, <laughs> razz I like people. To razz a bit, um, but all these other guys. I mean, Brock Holler is you know yeah. like the cap guy from Cleveland. Like he was not some household name. Walt Perrin, the guy from uh, the Jazz, whoever you know, got Mitchell and Gobert and all that in there, and they, they got like that like thirty year old dude from Wharton, which whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you need these like finance assholes in there to like mess around with stuff. They got yeah. that Wonder Kid scout. They got all these guys who like aren't typical like Nick retreads or really highly sought after. Kenny Payne, who everyone loves mm-hmm. from Kentucky, who Howard Beck was like shitting on because he's an idiot today. What was what was Howard Beck saying today? Or I, I think I, I may have seen like someone else posted something about like oh Kenny Payne has great relationship stuff, and then was Howard Beck saying like oh is this what they're trying to do? Just just yeah, basically. Game. So someone tweeted like, oh, he's got a lot of great relationships. We'll be interested. Interesting to see if that means anything in free agency. But he's also this great coach, blah, 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 blah. And it was someone who I forget who the reporter was, but it wasn't someone like on the Knicks beat. So I don't think he knew like almost mm-hmm. sort of what he was saying with like the, uh, you know, attracting free agents with relationships and how the Knicks have been justifiably sh- sort of shit on for all these relationship guys they bring in who can't right. bring in free agents or whatever. But so then Howard Beck retweeted it and was like, yeah, the Knicks will, uh, it hasn't worked ever, but we see it. We'll see if it will this time. Sort uh, of reducing the hire to that. Yeah. yeah and then people yeah. took issue and he's like, no, it's a good hire. I was just saying, and I was like, what? like, how can you make fun of them if it's a good hire? You can, because you could be someone like me whose screen name is Kenny Atkinson is a drunk, <laughs> but, but you're not, you're Howard yeah. Beck and you're trying to be all like serious journalists and you're not admitting that you're trolling. So there's like cognitive dissonance there unless you know that you just have an ax to grind in your, which is what Howard Beck is. Yeah. Which is like sort of fine, except he doesn't admit it. It's not like a fun show like Stephen A. Smith or something who I don't like, but you at least know he's just sort of like right. full of shit, right? 
Howard Beck's one of these guys who's pretending he's like a Pulitzer Prize winning mind who's like unafraid to go where anyone else will and then his shit doesn't have internal consistency in its logic so it infuriates people and it was just more of the same yeah and, and like I, I would be pissed too if the i if they were bringing in kenny Payne because they thought it would attract free agents but it's not obviously not that and the fact that the knicks are finally like focusing on player development and whether they hire more good player development coaches or not they're at least like concentrating on it and see it as a spot that needs to be improved. Yeah. And that's yeah. And Kentucky has, they haven't had like the best recruits, but they've had the most NBA prospects. Yeah. Of any team in the past, however, you know, whatever it is decade plus. So it's, and then you're getting a guy who all these people, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, who hates the, but loves Kenny Payne. Yeah. I don't want Carl Anthony Towns. Cause I think he plays no defense. It isn't a winning player, but like him, Booker, uh, uh, so, um, Jeff uh, uh, from uh, Nick's Film School, uh, JB, like tweeted this weird shooting drill that Kevin Booker was doing, and then Tyler Harrow responded and was like, "Oh, that's a Kenny Payne drill." Like, so these young guys, they like, oh, is Harrow him. is Harrow a Kentucky guy as well? I don't know, but like, yeah. if not, yeah. even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could look it up. Uh, yeah, but like, so all these young guys uh, like swear by him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Beck is, I mean, isn't he supposed to be a, or wasn't he once a Knicks beat writer? Yeah, he was like the New York Times guy, okay. which, you know, <laughs> I personally hate the New York Times. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was younger, though, you're like, oh, New York Times, it's the newspaper yeah, yeah, yeah. record. These guys are all geniuses, and they, like, have the world figured out. We should listen to them. So it was weird when Howard Beck, like, went to Bleacher Report, and then, which is fine, internet companies, that's great, but then became sort of this, like, anti-Dolan troll and yeah. you know Dolan sucks and deserves criticism it's when your criticism doesn't make sense when he like I don't even want to yeah especially when like, you're a New York guy and you should know you should know all the nuance, nuances of what uh this new front offense is doing it's yeah I mean well, so I think he just he's got a vendetta against Dolan because Dolan is like a petty spiteful asshole <laughs> I'm sure it was like mean to him or whatever <laughs> And I hate Dolan too, but it's yeah. like Leon Rose is a different guy. And to act like every owner in the league isn't like this heinous shithead and that Dolan is the only billionaire who's bad is ridiculous. Right, right, That's right. sort of Beck shtick. He like doesn't, yeah. you know, meanwhile, we've got this math stuff going on with their second, you know, uh, sexual assault um, in the workplace <laughs> allegation. After they, even after they won the award for like most <laughs> inclusive <laughs> environment. <laughs> yeah. And then Howard Beck. Beck doesn't go crazy about that. So it just seems disingenuous, a lot of his criticism, which in a lot of ways is uh, justified. But then, like, his motives just, you know, like yeah. they, 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 he wears his, he wears his bitterness on his sleeve. I think that's how I'll put it. It's like, it, you can't trust that it comes from a place of, like, actual analysis. And so if you're looking to him for that, it just makes it, like, someone you can't, it, it devalues his other, uh, insights to if he has any, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you don't trust the motivation as being like uh, sure. It's almost sure. like he's a headline writer, and like uh, not necessarily Beck, but a lot of people when Fisdale was fired started like jumping to Fisdale's defense, and it reminds me of that because it's just this non nuanced take where. Yeah. It was very easy to say, oh, the Knicks had a terrible roster, so no coach was going to win. They're just blaming it on Fisdale. And it's true. I think a good coach would not have done any better in the win-loss 
department than Fizdale did. But you, if you wa- actually watch the games, and that's what you kind of need to do to get a sense of a head coach, you could see that Fizdale wasn't running any sort of offensive scheme. And and just like the lazy takes, like when that Fizdale firing happened was just the same oh, kind I mean, of... Even like to push back a little bit, you talked about wins, losses. Uh, Mike Miller's win percentage was way better than Very his. true. And he did yeah. have, you know, the benefit of Alfred Payton. <laughs> Right. Uh, which is like better than Dennis Smith Jr. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. give him that. But yeah, I mean, Fisdale, I can't get into all of it, but like just remember him like leaving the same lineup in for 10 minutes to get like they get waxed by 20 points. Yeah. Call a timeout, throw him back in there oh, yeah. for like six more minutes, and then they'd be down 40. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, I guess they, they developed though. That was their development. Right. Just like they get destroyed over and over again. Yeah. And then the worst was, uh, the game where like where th- shit really came to a head with Dennis Smith Jr. and the crowd was chanting, "We want Frank," and then he still put him put Dennis Smith back in there to just like just yeah, throwing him to the Lions, basically. And then he's like, he's supposed to be this gold star communicator. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's his face from the Heat? Uh, but yeah, and then he like uh, Frank's mom comes from France for one oh game. Oh my right god! Season. He doesn't play him. Like I get you know. Like, that's not the be-all, end-all. But when you're on a shitty team like the Knicks, it's like the middle of the season, or I think it was kind of early. He should be playing anyway because he gives you a better chance to win. Right. Like, and then, like, you can't get him off the bench for five minutes. Like, that was your accountability all season, like not letting Frank play yeah. in front of his mom with all the lazy, horrible defense from everyone on, up and down the roster. It was ridiculous. Yeah, just one more, one more example in the litany of treating Frank like shit for two years. Yeah, three years. <clears throat> Poor Frankie. Oh, Frankie. Um, all right. Any other point guards you kind of like in this draft? I guess not Cole Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> From what I've seen, uh, Killing Hayes. Yeah. Uh, we'll be for him. Uh, nah, I mean, I don't know, but like there might be. I'm looking at stuff now. I'm like, who? Yeah. Maladon, I didn't love when I saw him play. Is he still up there? That's like a. Who? Uh, Theo Maladon, he's like a French guy. He's uh, more of a shooting guard, I think. Oh, I don't even know him. But how about uh, the uh, Israeli guy, Denny? Denny? Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to like Denny. I mean, apparently he's shooting well, so it's he's a little bit of a jack of all trades. Um, and in a, in a draft where like there aren't that many standouts, I'm, I'd be I'd be fine if they took Denny at say like four or. Uh, or even like six or seven or whatever. Yeah. I would not no be. One, I, no one's like, other than, yeah, those top guys we talked about, no one I'm like, there's no one I'd say. I'm yeah. I would love, Killian would be awesome because it'd just be the whole French connection in the backcourt. Yeah, yeah. I'd like that. Cool. Do that. Maybe sign Van Fleet to a one-year deal. I'm, I'm all like, for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. I don't think that the Knicks need to like try to tank. I do think that if they made no improvements, like Miller had him out of pace to win around 30 games. So like, you know, RJ year two, Mitch year three, Frank year, whatever it is, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, like you'd hope they'd be around like 35 wins by themselves. So at that point it's like, what are you doing trying to like not make the team any better? So if, right. if you can keep flat flexibility open or even like a couple year contract with Dan Vliet, like he's played really well yeah. uh, in all kinds of situations. Like, I, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, my, I don't think the market's going to be crazy this year because of COVID. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, like teams are hurting. So I don't think it's going to be like this, you know, when the Warriors got Durant and they were signing uh, that guy in Miami to his $50 million contract that no one ever heard of before. Um, uh, you're talking about uh, not Tyler Johnson. Yeah, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's now he, on the Nets? Like you know, he was like John Stark, sort of like nobody. And then right. His, right. Yeah, but that's. So I don't think this year is going to be like a crazy cash grab for people. So they could probably get Van Vliet. Eh, who knows? I don't. Know. But like, <laughs> yeah, my mind. Yeah, they could get him. They could. Uh, uh, I, 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 don't see. Think, I don't think the market's going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, people are hurting for cash. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be. Yeah, and if they're hurting for cash, taking on b- bad contracts if they're attached to a draft pick would be a great thing. Uh, Signing yeah. someone like D- Davis Bertans would be wonderful. Yeah, I would especially, I, I would especially like that because uh, San Antonio had to give him up because they wanted to sign Marcus Morris. <laughs> now to lose uh, lose out on Marcus Morris and Davis Bertans. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. great. Yeah, I mean, sweet shooting big, you know, space the floor. Yeah. Like they need to space the floor for RJ. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just like this year, this year is still, you know, they, everybody's saying like Thibodeau is going to want to go for it and this Leon Rose is going to want to go for it. I mean, eventually, but they could still do a rebuild, not a rebuild, but like a development year for one more year. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's crazy that even just like trying to develop these guys that if the East continues to be as weak as it is, that they can make a playoff push. I mean, nah, I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, especially if, if, if they do make. They could, you could get into the playoffs probably like a couple of games under 500 in the East. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> like, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Uh, it's eventually like you. It's the same thing that everyone just like went nuts over the Nets doing. So I don't know why we're not supposed to like not. You have to crawl before you can walk. You get to 500, you, right. you know, and then you, you build on that. So if they do that this year, I'd be thrilled. You know, I'd be thrilled. I, too. I, I don't. I don't want them to win 17 games. That'd be a huge. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't want that either. I mean, I, I know it's like well, people are pissed because it's like the great draft. But the more people say that, the more I'm convinced there's going to be like three superstars in this <sighs> draft. And like, yeah. I mean, that just it just doesn't. I don't know. It's Prospects, hard to do that. that. Short. They're not that short. Everyone's so sure. Yeah, and especially with like uh, the lottery odds now, what they are, where it's much you know, it's not as much of a sure thing if you have the worst record that you're going to finish in the top of the draft. And just the fact that, uh, you know, there will be another good draft in a year or two. There always are. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, it, it would also mean, I guess I would mind if they did like, say, a Chris Paul trade and maybe something else along those lines where they kind of, tra- they did like the old Knicks thing of trading away assets. I don't think that's going to happen. Like Leon Rose in the front office seems pretty competent. But if they did something like that to become like a 40 win team, I would I would see that as possibly problematic. But that would be annoying. The only way that wouldn't annoy me would be if like Chris Paul wanted to go to the Knicks for some reason. Yeah. And like Presti did him a solid and sort of traded him to the Knicks for like not that much. Yeah. But yeah, if they, if they stripped their cabinet for Chris Paul, uh, their asset cabinet, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be a, a big mistake. Yes. I yeah, agree. absolutely. And then like, because then, yeah, that would be just like now we're this is our team rather than getting to 35, 40 wins based on a lot of these young guys with a few veterans mixed in. It would show that like, OK, these guys are developing. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tyrese Halliburton, you like him? <laughs> I like him. Uh, he seems like a little bit of a stiff. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> athletically, like, uh, yeah. I mean, suppose you yeah. can shoot though and play defense. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I could talk myself into him, you know. Yeah. For sure. I'm sure I could talk myself into a lot of these guys. Um, and I'd also, I would find it interesting if they like traded down or did something interesting like that. Yeah. I mean, what are like, I feel like the mock drafts are all over the place. Yeah. This year, especially with like college being canceled and stuff. I'm going like, to do a at- quick uh, sim lottery on Tankathon. And. Sure. Knicks get the number two pick. Cavs, number one. They take Anthony Edwards. Knicks get LaMelo Ball. And then Denny goes to Minnesota at number three. Uh, I mean, Vassal, Wiseman. I don't know anything about Tyrell Terry. No, neither do I. I don't think I've ever heard that name before. I think he's one of these. So this is like the ringer has him at number eight. Oh, That's what I'm talking about. I don't think any other mock draft has him like in the lottery. Yeah. you, You see... Stuff like that. And it's like Ringer has Killian Hayes at one, Edwards at two. I guess Edwards is like going back up now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. They've got Halliburton at three, Lamelo at four, Ogonku at five. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, like Devin Vassell doesn't really do it for me from the little bit <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> and it seems about, like yeah. I see it seems like people are banking on like the Florida State lineage and like like what Jonathan Isaac had before he unfortunately got injured again. Is his defense that good? I, I watched know. a couple clips. <laughs> like, is yeah. it that good? Yeah, probably not. It's probably just <laughs> like, ah, oh, the Florida State guys, him and Patrick Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed. I was actually looking forward to watching the NCAA tournament this year. I usually don't watch it too much, but I was like, oh, this year I'll do it. I'm, I'm doing a sports podcast. I should know up, you know, know some of this stuff. <laughs> You're not you're not uh, just like watching tape day and night. No, no, I'm uh, I'm just I'm just running. Oh yeah, yeah. No, not doing any running. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a lie. Uh, actually, I mean, I have been watching plenty of like of the NBA games and the restart. And like, those are fun. They yeah. should contract the league by eight game by eight teams. These like yeah. Only good teams playing each other, yeah. you know, for the most part. It's, and yeah. then, and then, like the talent would be even more concentrated on these twenty and the uh, twenty-two teams. Oh my God, uh, yeah. yeah, there was a there's a hockey game tonight. I don't know if you watch hockey at all, but uh, quintuple. I used to. I watched it religiously as a kid. Yeah, so did I. Um, I was like, that was my favorite favorite sport as a kid. Oh really? Yeah. Are you a Rangers guy? Yeah, I am. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so like I was, I watched every game, you know, in like '94 and all those surrounding years. The yeah. strike basically killed it for me. Like, yeah, yeah. People stopped watching, and then I didn't have anyone like talk about it with. And yeah, I like hockey, and then like you just get old and you have no time for anything. And so, right, right. Hasn't well, did you did you grow up in the New York area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My fam, like my family's all from Long Island, so they love hockey. Yeah, long, people from Long Island do love it. Uh, because it's so white, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, so they love hockey, and so yeah, I love the I, like. I kind of I follow the Rangers sort of like I follow the Yankees now. Another team I used to watch every single game of, but now hardly do. Which mm-hmm. is like I'll watch the playoffs and I'll kind of like I'll check the scores and like I saw the Rangers just got the top pick, so I'm 
pumped. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Apparently, he's like a Sidney Crosby type kid. This guy. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, from what I'm reading, like maybe like a slight notch below, but like he is right. a kind of. Um, like there are drafts where it's just like, oh, this guy's number one, but then there are drafts where it's like, oh, this could be a, a franchise transforming kind of guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully. if they make the playoffs, I'll, I'll definitely watch those. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and like in 94, especially like around in the New York area, like hockey was like the biggest thing going. Yeah, and it was then, crazy. I'll never forget just like watching those finals games and they would drown out the guy who sang the national anthem every yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't hear him on the TV. It was incredible. I mean, and the garden, the garden and its fans. How you know, yeah. best in the world, yeah. baby. The Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> that toe and shit. Yeah, that was such a good. Oh uh, yeah, that that uh that call by who is it? Gary. I forget the announcer's oh, name. Who did the Matto? It wasn't Gary Cohen. That's a Mets guy. Yeah, that's the Mets announcer. It was. Oh, it's like on the tip of my tongue. I don't is know. it one of the Rangers announcers? Yeah, he was like a well. Or was the it like radio, the radio, Rangers? the radio Rangers announcer? Uh, so not okay. Sam Rosen. It was um, eh. not that goalie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> not John Davidson. John Davidson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah that was a fun year. Fun times. <laughs> and I lived. I grew up. My my family's from. Long Island, but I moved to New Jersey when I was three, so I was surrounded by Devils fans and hated the Devils. Yeah, I grew up in New Jersey as well, and yeah. uh, surrounded. Where in New Jersey are you from? Uh, Demarest in Bergen County. Okay, I'm from Maplewood. You know, I know of it. Yeah. yeah, this is like when people from New Jersey get together. You're like, yeah, I've heard of that yeah. place. There's like so many people don't really in New Jersey. It's just so many different small towns. Yeah, you don't like go visit them really. Right. So you're like, I think yeah. I played you in sports, maybe. Yeah, so. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know Bergen. It's near Essex. Yep. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, but like it was a lot of like dev- it was split kind of Devils fans and Rangers fans. Yeah, even then it was, but it was. Um, they were annoying, and I hated the, the way they played the trap. And it was ah, like, it was so boring. Try to score, you losers! You know, yeah. skill losers. <laughs> it's uh, funny because like, a Knicks fan, like we love defense, but something yeah. about the trap was just. So, yeah, cool. And then it's just like ah, their best player is this defenseman, Scott <laughs> Stevens. Rodor's a wife beater. Never forget. That's confusing. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, I guess allegedly, in case I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he got, like, convicted of... I remember Patrick Waugh had that, but maybe Brodeur as well. I mean, hockey players, you know... Yeah, yeah. They're all, like, yeah. (laughs) They were living in white privilege for so long, and then maybe now it's changing. Thanks, yeah. Well, that's hockey. So, uh, are you... Do you have anything you'd like to plug before we... Uh, NBA 2K20... One nice. coming out. I actually have a question about 2K. Like, do players' ratings change over the course of a season based on yes. what they're doing in the NBA? They do. Okay. They do. So usually it's like they release the ratings, people get mad at them, and then over right. the course of the season <laughs> they adjust. There's like a team of guys who work on it. Yeah. Uh, and they're very like people are like, oh, let me, you know, <laughs> they don't want to hear like anyone's yeah. like, right. like I do this for a living. I mean, it's you know. Not an easy job, but yeah, they take it very seriously. It's like a lot of factors into it. Oh. They're always tweaking stuff. Very nice. So, I mean, that's like one cool thing about working there is everyone takes it very seriously in like a fun way. Like they want it to be yeah. the most it, representative like NBA experience. And it's cool to work with people. Yeah. Uh, 
care about their job, which my previous <laughs> job was like maybe three percent of the people I worked with. Me, not among them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's been a it's been a big change and a good one. Nice. Well, congrats on that. Um, Thank you. And thanks for doing the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Bumble. Uh, you can subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Good night.